Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365 day returns. You're listening to Snowbound, Boulder, Colorado. I'm George Thomas. We're on the line with Troy Murphy the National Moguls Champion, freestyle skier. Troy, welcome to the show. Yeah, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Moguls, that just blows my mind what you guys do. I just, I can't even fathom how your body takes it. Yeah, um, we actually get that a lot. Like, all the time we'll get, you know, when you tell someone you're a mogul skier, the first response is, wow, like, your knees must, must take a beating, but... Um, really it's not, uh, as brutal as it looks, I guess, because we've been training for so long. We've gotten pretty good at absorbing the mogul and using our ski to take a lot of impact. So it's not, it's not as brutal as people think. Well, how did you get into skiing in the first place? Um, skiing pretty much just started in Maine. Um, I I lived in Bethel, so Sunday River is a resort there. That was kind of like the the obvious thing to do in the wintertime. So my earliest memory, right, I don't actually even remember it, but I'm told that I started skiing in a backpack on my parents' back and they would, um, you know, they would take some runs with me in a backpack and then I graduated from that to the tether and then eventually started to ski on my own. That's interesting. I'm actually seeing a lot of kids out these days with the tether on. I've always kind of wondered, so I guess that works pretty well. I guess. I don't I can't really... I don't recall my experiences with it, but yeah, it must have worked. <laughs> now, I'm trying to imagine the moguls in Sunday River. We, we've got to be talking pretty hard ice. Yeah, for sure. So um, the whole mogul thing didn't really start until I joined um, the Gould Academy Freestyle Program, which was like a, a weekend program. Um, so in that, we would do, you know, slope-style half-pipe um, and moguls. So that's kind of where that, that whole part started. And how did you get into freestyle specifically? I mean, the way that has grown over the years, Cindy Nelson back in the oh, 70s doing ski ballet, and then uh, now we've got the park. And what exactly defines freestyle these days? Um, that question would kind of depend on who you ask, I think. Now that we have moguls, aerials, um, half-pipe, slope-style, even some of the, like, the big mountain free ride world tour stuff to like that almost could all fall into freestyle. But at this point they've kind of like divvied up the different disciplines with different names. So you free skiing would probably encompass like slopes down half pipe, um, freestyle and maybe be more of the traditional ones of moguls and aerials. And then maybe free ride would be like your big mountain stuff. Now, do you think snowboarding had an effect on freestyle for skiing? 
I think so. I think for sure. Um, when snowboarding came in, obviously moguls aren't a huge part of what they enjoy doing. So um, they kind of naturally progress more into the park and half pipe and then um, even the big mountain stuff. And now that's kind of transitioned over to ski a little bit. It seems like moguls and aerials have maybe um, kind of lost a little bit of the um, the limelight that they maybe once had, but um, uh, hopefully not. Who knows? I mean, it's, it seems like the sport, at least mobile skiing, is still going pretty steady, and um, I don't think numbers have dropped or anything, so that's, that's good for us. What do you feel like at the top of a mogul run? I've looked down one, two, and that is one intimidating view. Uh, it can be, um, depending on where you are. There's a a course that we went to in Japan in Oshiro that kind of like a famous legendary World Cup spot that's like insanely steep at the top. So that place is pretty intimidating, but most of, most of them are not, at least to us, they're not that intimidating. You know, you kind of focus on the, just the top section and top jump, like what's right in front of you, and the rest kind of takes care of itself. How does a mogul run get formed? It's definitely not by people skiing it, is it? It depends. And so most of the World Cup courses, or probably all of them, are formed with a cat. Um, so, you know, the cat will come up and push a bunch of, you know, blades width of snow, and then they'll come back and do a second pass and cut that blade width in half. Um, so that's how a lot of, like, the really nice ones are done. And then people will get on it and kind of slip it out and make it really nice and round and, you know, like kind of like the finished product you see. Um, but then sometimes... Like oftentimes in the summer when we build our training courses or if it's soft somewhere, you can actually just put flags in the snow and, you know, your set length and then just have everybody ski into those flags so it makes, like, really nice, um, you know, even moguls. Kind of not like the ones you see on a resort, more of, like, the, an actual course. So in your early days of skiing, were you usually drawn to the mogul fields at a ski area? Yeah, for sure, especially if they're soft, which is kind of rare in the <laughs> East. But, um, yeah, I was always drawn to anything that wasn't really flat, so whether it was moguls on the trail or if there was a jump on the side or anything like that, or even going to the trees, that stuff always was way more um, appealing and entertaining to me than just, like, groomer. So then as you developed into competition, did you ever race? Um, I did a tiny bit of racing, but the extent of it was with, uh, my middle school had a race team and that was really the only way I was able to get up on the mountain in the weekdays. So I would go up and do my race run, like my super baggy mobile pants and whatever, just so that I could go <laughs> ski, but I never really got into it. Now, the reason I brought up racing, I know visualization is such a huge part of ski racing. How about for freestyle? Do you really visualize the mogul run? Yeah, we do. It's not, it's definitely not as crucial as it is in racing. You know, in racing, they, a lot of times they don't even get to really ski the course before they race it. So that's huge for them. For us, it probably varies on who you talk to, but a lot of people will probably use very, our uh, visualization at the top of the course. And then, um, other times people might do it at night or, you know, if you're working in the summertime on the water ramps or whatever, a lot of people will visualize their tricks. So, the extent to which we use it varies quite a bit, I think. Where are your eyes? When, well, obviously they're in your head, but <laughs> where are you looking as you're heading down the course? 
Um, how far down? How far ahead? Again, that will probably vary depending on the athlete, but ideally you want to be have your eyes like pretty far down the hill. So um, I would say three, four, five bumps at least in front of you is, is probably where you want to be. You definitely don't want to be staring like right down at your feet or right at the bump you're, um, you're about to hit. Wow, that's quite a ways. Yeah, that you know that's pretty important because it keeps um, like if, as soon as your vision's up, it kind of picks up like your whole upper body and makes sure everything's stacked. Where if you look down your feet, you start to you know have your chest chest collapse a little bit and get a little back feet, and that's what you definitely don't want in the bumps. Now, what's it like for you when you get into a mogul field at a resort when you're out free skiing? Do you just really cut loose? A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Yeah, it's super fun, and we we don't get to do it as much as I'd like. And I think that skiing natural bumps like that is probably really beneficial because it, you know, that train is a lot more. Um, I guess I guess you'd say challenging, and it's definitely not as rhythmic as what we usually do. So it kind of forces you to think on your toes a little bit more and make sure you're in a good body position. And um, so I think it's really beneficial, and it's fun when we get to do it, especially if it's soft, if they're if they're firm. It can be challenging even for me at times. Now, how about snow conditions on a com- competition course? Uh, do they ice those down? Do they try to keep them soft? How do they care for the snow? I, I don't. I wouldn't say that they care for the snow in any okay. way. <laughs> um, well, we we do like slip out, out the bumps as much as possible to keep them smooth and to keep them from getting really big. Um, but pretty much whatever the snow quality is that's what the snow quality is. I think if you talk to most people, they'd probably prefer like a little bit of, of softer powdery bumps or even slushy bumps like you see in the springtime. That's favorable, but other people like, you know, really like firm icy bumps that they can kind of just like slide through. So it depends, but it, you, it's harder to find a person who likes a firm course than a soft one. Now, mogul competition is a combination of time and judging, Correct. It is, yeah. So um, it's 25% or sorry, they just changed it actually last year. It's 20% of your speed counts, uh, 20% of your jumps count, and then 60% of kind of your turns in line, you know, your overall, like how, how you look going through the bumps. Now, it seems like most of your lines are pretty straight down. Is that true? Yeah, they are. That's uh, that's where the sport has one of the main places the sport has evolved. And, you know, since whatever the 
eighties or nineties where, you know, before the moguls were kind of all over the place. Now they're like very, um, rhythmic, like pattern all the way down pretty straight. Um, so for the most part, it's a little more straightforward. It probably lets us go a little faster, but maybe, um, maybe doesn't show off the, the technicality of the sport as much as it used to. How do you control your speed? Um, that depends on how good you are, but <laughs> ideally you're controlling it by just doing a little bit of a carve down the back side of the bump and then using your tip, um, you know, using your tip pressure in the face of the bump accordingly. So if you're trying to go fast, you're obviously trying to absorb the face of that bump really quickly. And then if you're trying to slow down, maybe you take on a little more of the, um, the meat of the bump and, and put a little more pressure into it. Now, how do you develop that technique? I really, I love radio, I love audio, but I really wish we could have a, a video of you doing a run right now. Yeah, um, it's actually, that's like the hard, probably one of the hardest things to learn because um, it's just so um, against kind of what your body's trying to do. You know, you get in a few of the moguls and you're trying to slow down as much as possible. So you always, like, the tendency is to slide into the bump and then hit the face really hard. So in order to get that carve on the backside, um, it takes a lot of practice in the moguls, but it also takes a ton of fine-tuning um, kind of in our drills and our, our short swing turns on the flats. So how do you train? I mean, what is really – you've got to have incredible core strength. Yeah, training for us is encompasses a lot of things. So we have obviously our, our strength and conditioning – um, which we have our trainers and things like that to kind of lead us through there. Um, and then we have our jump training, which in the summer takes place on trampolines and then on the water ramps, which are um, kind of like these weird plastic material jumps that we, we take off and then you do your trick and land in a pool. So that's where to practice that. And then also in the summertime, we try to get on snow as much as possible. So we'll kind of chase that um, into British Columbia or South America, this year we went to Australia, and then usually Europe for the season. And then in the wintertime, the training is basically just getting on the mobile course and hammering out a few runs at a high-intensity level and then make sure you're ready for the, for the next count. What's your season been like so far for the 15-16? So it's been kind of an interesting one for me. We um, went to Europe early to train and then went right to Finland um, and I was skiing the best I, I ever have probably in Finland. And then unfortunately on one of the training days before the event, I, I took a crash and collapsed the lung. Oh. So that set me back a little bit. Um, now I'm, I'm pretty much back at it feeling good and was planning on skiing our next world cup, which was supposed to be, um, mid next week. But then that was in Lake Placid and that got canceled due to lack of snow. So the, the, the start of the season for me has been a little bit slow, but, Training is going well, and I'm getting ready for the uh, our next World Cup now, which is in Quebec on the 20th. Or sorry, the 23rd. And what's it like for you to be competing this year as the reigning national champion? Um, that doesn't change too much for, from from my perspective. I'm just trying to, um, you know, ski the best I can, perform my highest level in the events, and you know, the ultimate goal is to to win the World Cups or at least to get on the podium in the World Cup. And so. What events are coming up? What events are you most looking forward to? Um, this next one, actually, in Quebec, um, is a place where I've done pretty well in the past. Um, I had got a fifth place two seasons ago there and then a fourth place last year. 
Um, so looking to kind of up that result. And then the Deer Valley World Cup um, is a favorite of, of many on the tour. It's a night event, and the course there is always perfect, and huge crowd comes out to watch, so that's always a super fun one. I'm glad you said night event. What's that like? I mean, I love night skiing, but the shadows, it's definitely different than your vision in the day. Um, is that really yeah. different in the mogul course? Um, yeah, actually, if you talk to, I think most athletes really enjoy competing at night. Um, one, it's a really cool like atmosphere and vibe, and usually a lot of people will come out to watch. But also, the lights on the course, because they put so much so much lighting out, um, it's actually almost better than the daytime, because the course is like totally lit up, and you never have to deal with flat light or anything like that. It's just all always illuminated, always consistent lighting, and it's it's really good. How can we follow you throughout the season? Um, the best way is probably on my Instagram page, which is Troy underscore Murphy. Um, I also have a Facebook athlete page um, and a Twitter, but Instagram is the one I, I populate the most. And then probably also through you know the U.S. freestyle ski team's website is another good way to do it. What's going to make this a successful season for you? For me, I think it's just all the work that I put in over the summer, and um, each year for me has gotten you know dramatically better than the one before. So I'm kind of hoping to continue that trend. I think I will. It should be a good season. Troy Murphy, thanks very much for joining us. Thank you so much. I had a great time. Thanks for having me on. Snowbound, Boulder, Colorado. I'm George Thomas. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.